Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, and my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, is out of town today, so I'm flying single on the show today. I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation, as well as the Soaring Spirits Foundation with Michelle Neff Hernandez. Well, we've got a great show today with Lisa Kolb. And she is, we're going to be talking about dating after the loss of a partner. And she is a real expert on it. Um, She says she's a recovering lawyer, turned pastry chef, turned writer, who lost her husband, Eric, in a mountain mountaineering accident in 2014 when they were both 34. Lisa's written about her grief and recovery in the Washington Post, great article I read, and Modern Loss, which is a wonderful website that you can find. We've had the Modern Loss people on our television show, so you can go to Open to Hope and, and find out more about them. Gosh, hi, Lisa. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. So great to have you on the show today, and I noticed you are engaged to be married in 2018. I right? am, yeah. Wow. Well, let's see. That's been uh, four years. Were you a mountain climber or just Eric? I was not just Eric. He was able to kind of drag me out on some hikes uh, occasionally, but he was pretty serious climber. And uh, unfortunately, he and five other guys were killed in the same accident on Mount Rainier in May 2014. Wow. So it was a sudden death. So it was a group that were killed together? They were all on, how did that go? They were on in snow or? Yeah, so they were attempting a very difficult route to summit Mount Rainier um, in Washington State. And at some point, they didn't make it to the point they were supposed to be at one night. And they had to kind of do an emergency camp one night. And they picked a very dangerous location. And we're not really sure what happened because there was no communication anything but at some point during the night there was um an avalanche or a rock fall and they were all swept off the mountain and they were all killed and then they were discovered missing when the day they were supposed to come down from the mountain they didn't uh, yeah wow and so search search and rescue parties um wow well, they never, they never recovered um, Eric's body or two other of the men, um, but they were able to recover three people. Wow. Wow, that is uh, horrendous. So it's been, how long were you married? A year and a half. So did you have kids? No, we had no children. We were um, about seven years total. And Wow, so you really years. lost a, a long-term relationship, partner, friend, love, whatever. Oh, yeah. breaks my heart for you. So tell me, how did you get from here to there? I know people want that from there to here, I should say. Yeah. I know people want to know that. How have you, you know, pulled your life together? Um, well, you know, some days it feels like it's not together. Some days um, it feels like it is. And I think that's kind of how it maybe always is for all of us, whether we're going through a loss or not. Um, but it was very hard at first, I think, because... At first, you know, I thought, well, it was a sudden death, and that was kind of a little extra traumatic. And I think there is something to that. Well, you also didn't know the, you know, what had happened for how many days. I mean, just the missing, and then not finding a body. You keep hoping for quite a while. It was a little strange to, I think, 
mine was a unique circumstance in some ways because I think a sudden death, um, there's no preparation. It's one day they're just gone. And in this case, he was literally just gone. I never saw him again, even dead. So that was a little strange to wrap my head around. Um, but it's funny because in recovering, I've met some other people who were widowed and they lost their spouses or partners through a long-term illness. And the thing that really struck me was even if someone was terminally ill, the actual moment when they died was inevitably sudden to them, mm -hmm. you know? So I don't really think there is any way to fully prepare for it or right. for what comes after. So that's a good point because I think people, you know, really think that, I mean, every death is kind of sudden because there's always hope. Yeah. And I think, you know, some people like, well, at least you got to say goodbye. Yeah. But what does that mean? You, you, there's no way to prepare for the feeling of right. when they're not there anymore. For the know? empty bed and all the, all the yeah. things that you have to so do. I with. think preparation is only a percentage of what it actually will ever be once you're going through it in reality. Now, were you a lawyer before uh, Eric died? Yes. So, See? oh no, I, I had already moved into food writing by the, at that point, actually. So he, but he knew me starting when I was a lawyer and then kind of all through, and he was always just so supportive. And of course, loved when I became a pastry chef because he was my main, uh, the main beneficiary of whatever I came home with or was baking. So <laughs> he didn't mind that. Um, so, it, but it was hard. I, I wasn't, I think this is probably common when he died. I just kind of shut down. I just felt yeah. very stupid and very, that kind of struck me was in addition to just the sadness, just, just feeling stupid or dropping things and being forgetful and just being uh -huh. physically tired. Were there any turning points for you? Um, I would say a turning point for me was it's kind of, you know, it's funny to measure recovery. I think you can measure it in small ways and big ways. I think there's the kind of on paper milestones, like you get through the first Thanksgiving, you get through the first birthday, you get through the, you know, there's those kind of benchmarks. And that's kind of a, a kind of a, oh, I got through that. As I remember yeah. when my son died, it was like, I got through that. I got through that. But then you're through it. And now what? Yes. And then there's, there's also these small things too, that you never do you think until it's over, huh? I, I didn't cry today. I remember the first day, you know, and there's yeah. these little milestones that just hit you and, um, or, or the, the day that you're, you know, I think you kind of switched at first to keys, phone, wallet, tissues. And yeah. God forbid you don't have tissues on you. But right. eventually, there's that day you can go out without feeling like you have to have a pack of tissues on you. And for right. crying. So it's big in small ways. And the one thing that really helped me was finding peers in what I was going through. And where did you find them? That was huge. Um, I initially, well, I kind of floundered around a little bit at first and I don't, I think each person has a specific loss. Like you can't, but for me, I knew that I really wanted people who were young 
and widowed. Yeah, I was going to say that because I, sometimes I uh, work with Michelle Neff Hernandez, who runs the Soaring Spirits Foundation, and I'll go to one of her conferences, and one of the things that strikes me is a lot of the women are, say, between the ages of 25 and 35, and they really need to group together because it's really strange to be a, quote, widow or a widower, and there are some guys there, too, at that age. It, it is, and it's surprising that how many of us there actually are because I always kind of pictured older women. Mm -hmm. um, and then and that um, would be the norm, yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, it is more common, but it's not as uncommon as I think to be young. But I remember wanting to find people who could understand mm -hmm. what I was going. I wanted to be able to look at someone and just say, yes you get it. And I couldn't, you know, there was no one as specific. Well, actually there were, cause I did keep in touch with some of the other climbers, um, partners for a wow. while, but I also really benefited from, um, the New York city has a young widow and widower meetup. Ah. There's just some members who run it and it's done in such a way where it's not really like a group therapy circle. Uh -huh it's happy hours and right. it just kind of feels normal, but you know, it's, yeah. not, it's not, but it, it just it was nice. So I made a couple really close friends through that and it was nice to be able to just text each other, you know, in the little, little things like, Oh, I don't know how to program like reset the internet. Eric always used to do that. And like these small annoyances, right. You know, and, because you miss the big things and you miss the small things too. And then, and then when you start thinking, I don't know how long, a, year, a couple of years later or three years later or whatever, or maybe even earlier, you want to start dating, there are all sorts, or do you want to start dating or how do you deal with it or a lot of issues around There's that. I've heard. Yeah. So what happened uh, for my situation is pretty, I remember thinking after Eric died. I, I just remember thinking, I was like, wow, I guess I'm lucky to have been in love and married once and maybe in 10 years I'll meet a nice man and we can maybe go to a movie together. But I just kind of thought that was it for me. And, you know, maybe if fate strikes, who knows? But I think if there's something I've learned in life since this is there's no such thing as timing. Mm -hmm. And that can go for death and it can go for anything. And so I met through, it's very coincidental. Um, I met through a mutual friend, uh, my now fiance, Brody, who is a widower. And um, it was very coincidental because his wife's memorial service was on the same day as Eric's. Oh. And we have a couple who's in, who are mutual friends of ours. And one was at one memorial service and one was, at the other and at their respective services the other person said oh I'm sorry you know they can't be here today they're at this other funeral so that's how we found out and we started emailing one another these kind of very lengthy grief-stricken emails just pouring our hearts out and we kind of became grieving buddies and grieving pen pals before anything else and that's Incredible. I love that, that there's no timing, right? Yeah. There really is no such thing as timing. And I, it, and, and it, that was, we didn't start 
dating till much later, but life is just, you're in control of some parts of your life, but there's other parts life is just going to happen to you when it happens to you and it's what you do from there. So be open to pen pals or relationships or women and men. Be open to and and, and I think too being conscious of are you reject if you do reject it is it for the right reasons? And I think that one thing that can come in a lot in dating after loss is guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that goes hand in hand with a lot of grief, actually, a lot of circumstances. But that is something that I think can be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Are you being unfaithful to their memory? Are other people going to judge you? That's another fear that I had. Um, and also is still missing the person you lost. Should you feel guilty about that as disloyal to the person you're currently with? Yeah. So there are definitely some emotional minefields. You know, that guilt, I think, uh, comes with all loss. I think you're right, because I remember when my son died, I didn't want to go out and exercise and stuff because I thought people were judging me. You know, I, if you take care of yourself, you could be judged. You're right. not really grieving hard enough. Yeah, and like, how but dare you, you laugh at something? What does it mean that you smiled? Does it yeah. mean you're forgetting them? I, I have never seen such a fun group of people as a widow, <laughs> widow and widow group. I mean, uh, you know, they're just laughing. And I guess it's because they're young and they're, you know, fun. And uh, when they're together, they can really let it all go because, you know, they're not being judged. Yeah, I think that's it. I think there is a huge fear of judgment. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, um, what about, uh, what are you doing now? And are you chefing, uh, pastry cooking? No, I feel like I'm getting too old for that. It's very hard physical labor. So I really do enjoy baking, um, you know, for people more on like a smaller scale or for myself. Um, But no, so I am food writing now. So I am about to launch my own food blog, actually, which I'm very excited about. Oh, wow. And it's all about women in food and just profiles and, and articles and really kind of just timely topics. So I'm doing great, but um, it's, it's been hard. And I'm so glad I have the support of my fiance, which is weird to say. So tell us how we're going to find your blog. So it'll be www.unpeeledjournal.com. And unpeeledjournal.com. If you've got some advice for me, I've had a loss of a spouse. I'm, you know, young. Uh, what what would be your advice to me early on? Early on, I would say, if you want to start dating again, don't be, don't hold back because you're afraid of being judged, and don't be, don't hold back because you're afraid of feeling disloyal. And I would also say that people, I think, probably will judge a little bit, but mostly they'll be happy for you. Mm-hmm. And they'll say silly things, as people always do. They mean well, but people will compare it to their divorce, which is not, um, or a breakup. And I think that's what they have to try to go on in terms of trying to understand it. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately they'll take a cue from you and they, you know, people who love you just want you to be happy and they'll be excited about that. And I would say too, don't be afraid to talk about the person you lost. And uh, if the person you start dating 
mm. has a problem with that, then maybe try to explain it to them. And if they still don't understand, then maybe I, I would be a little wary about entering in a relationship with someone where I wasn't allowed to talk about the person I lost. I love that. It sounds like you have been around other people who are widowed that you've heard say that they have those kinds of problems. I have. Um, and I think that probably would have been the case for me, but for having met a widower. So it's there. it was never an issue. We both get it. But I think it really is hard intellectually for people to understand, um, you know, you're dating someone else. You're dating me. Why do you have a picture of this guy? Mm -hmm. And right. I think that is a very hard thing to really get people to understand. Or if it's their birthday or their anniversary or something like that, and you're feeling a little sad, maybe they don't understand or like, but I'm here now or something like that. And I think the, the key is to try to see if that person can understand that you can have both. It doesn't negate your love for someone new. Just as I think having a second child, you don't take love away from your first so you can give it to the second, you grow more. I love it. The heart's big, you can love a lot. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, I really enjoyed it and I'll keep you posted on everything. Okay, fantastic, and thanks everybody for watching this show. And Heidi and I always want to remind you all that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own, and God bless.